Hey guys, welcome back to the Far Better Podcast. It's one week for you. It's been 10 seconds for us. Uh, We are here recording Season 4, Episode 8, What Others Say. And we're going to just jump right into what we said we were going to do last week. Brother Dan, tell us just a little bit, a paragraph or so, on the library. And we'll continue to talk about that throughout the next couple of episodes as well. Uh, I know we're going to talk about the MOST program next week. But we want to talk about the library and give you a full teaser here. And in episode number 10, I want to give a full expose. So if you wouldn't mind, go ahead and just give them a quick summary of what the library has. And then two weeks from today, when we're back for what others do on season four, episode 10, we'll give them the full detail. That way they got to come back, you know, and listen again. So go ahead and tell them a little bit. That's right. Just a taste. Well, uh, at the library, we have a mini museum. Uh, We have a number of old Bibles and uh, parts of Bibles. We have a leaf from a 1613 King James, for instance. Uh, We have uh, replicas of many archaeological uh, artifacts. We also have a number of authentic artifacts, including a lot of coins, a lot of things dating from the time of Christ, and so forth. Uh, so we'll talk more about that next time. But if you're into history, uh, come to the School of Preaching, go down to the library. I'll be happy if I'm around uh, to uh, tell you some stories as well. Yeah, and I'll tell you right now, uh, ever since I started working here, I've been trying to push more for people to tour the school. Come tour the school. Come look at what we're doing. If you are interested in touring the Memphis School of Preaching, you may not even be uh, someone that's interested in preaching, but you might want to support the work and you want to kind of see what we do email me. I would be happy to schedule a time for you to come down and look at the school. Maybe you have someone that you know that would be a good candidate for MSOP. Uh, There are a lot of great preaching schools out there. Of course, Dan and I are a little biased. We work for one, and so we are going to talk about that one more than the others. But what we want for you is we want you to get a good preaching education, biblical education, and an opportunity to go out into the world and preach the gospel to every creature. In doing so, if you want to preach and you think Memphis might be the place for you, reach out to me, email me, call me. Uh, I would be happy to talk to you about anything. Call the school, request to speak to me. Happy to talk to you about any of the matters in regards to MSOP and your upcoming enrollment at the school. Today, Brother Dan, we're talking about what others say. And this is another three-question episode. Um, I say that every time, but really everybody knows now that's just what we do is three questions. So I need to throw a four and five in there sometime just to throw people off. Uh, But this first question is, can we allow what others say to eat at us? Yes. Next question. (laughs) Uh, I I love that when you do that because it gives me, that's one of my favorite things. People at home are probably thinking, well, y'all stop doing that. We're never going to stop. Okay. Anytime Brother Dan and I are on a podcast together, he will probably say yes to a very simple question. And I'm going to then say next question. So number two, uh, when we know. Uh, go ahead and elaborate on that a little bit more. We were talking in the last episode about what people think, and we certainly can obsess over what people think, even if they don't really think it. We just believe they think it. When they say it, the uh, proverbial ante has just been raised. Now, Words sometimes can be taken out of context, but it has been said. Now, I am even more likely to obsess about not only what this person 
thinks, Mm -hmm. but I know what he said. Mm-hmm. And I'm not necessarily thinking about the context. I'm not thinking about is this being related by someone else to me and that person misunderstood or that person misquoted. So we can especially let what other people's people have said, uh, other people's words, throw us off, uh, really affect our attitudes and sometimes our actions. I know one of the things I mentioned last episode, and uh, it's easy to do this when we have Brother Dan on the podcast, because if you were in our summer season this uh, past summer and listened to the episode that we had with him, uh, we talked about being a preacher as well as an elder. He serves in that capacity at the Independence Church of Christ in Independence, Mississippi. Uh, I know when we talk about this, congregations, by and large, deal with at least a member going around and talking about somebody. Uh, That is a pretty common problem. Um, I'm not a huge fan of the way we've used the word gossip. I think we've kind of hijacked the term, uh, and we've tried to utilize that to say that we're not allowed to say anything that's truthful about someone if they're not in the room because that would be gossip. We're not talking about gossip when we're going around talking about other people in this regard. That's slander that we want to po- point out and focus upon. Gossip is saying things that you can't prove to be true as an intent to try to get somebody up. And so someone will say, well, don't, don't tell me about that individual because that's gossip. Well, if I can prove that it's true, it's no longer gossip at that point. But I'm talking about somebody saying, well, did you know that Brother Dan went and did such and such? And there's no evidence to suggest anything of the sort And the whole reason that it's being said is to try to cut you down. It's not a, hey, I have bad information from someone else and I'm repeating it. It's, I have an axe to grind with Dan Cates, so I am going to go out and tell everybody, scream it from the mountaintops, do everything I possibly can to sow discord about this individual, and I'm going to say whatever it takes to get that to be done. And something that bothers me, a trend that I've seen a little bit in the church is elders will sometimes hear that that is happening. They will witness that it's happened, and they do nothing about it. They tell that individual that maybe has things being said about them, well, just forget it. It can be hard to forget uh, when somebody is slandering you and somebody is saying things about you that either, like you mentioned, maybe they don't have all the facts Maybe they don't have all the information, but they're going to go off of what they know and what they think is true. Uh, There were 12 spies that went out to look at a land. Ten of them looked at what they saw, and they came back and said, there's no way. There's no way we can do it. And their word was basically, God can't do this for us. Two of them said, no, we can take the land. We saw it too, but we know the truth of the matter, and that's God's on our side. We don't need to worry about this. Sometimes we can speak without really understanding the full picture. And it can be really hard uh, to hear that somebody has spoken about you out of turn and just to continue on. I think especially as a gospel preacher, that can be difficult because preachers have to have a poker face at times, uh, and they have to pretend that they don't know certain things that they know and that they listen to and hear. And something that needs to be considered if you— are someone that makes it a practice to go around talking about other people, you're told on. People go and tell what you've been saying to them. 
And that usually always gets back to the individual in question who is being slandered. And it doesn't put you in a good light. But if you're allowed to continue to do it, that's a problem with the eldership, I would say, in that, in that instance. And we have to be careful that we don't allow people to just go around saying whatever they want when somebody gets on their nerves. I mean, a preacher, a member, you can have a difference of opinion. And that person that you have a difference of opinion with can literally say, no, no, you have to see it my way. And if you say, I'm sorry, I, I just don't see it that way, they may go around and then go, well, he doesn't believe in the Bible. That can eat at you if you're not careful. And that brings me to our second question here, which is, when can we allow what others say to really get us down the most? Actually, before we get to that yeah. one, if I can throw in some passages. Uh, sometimes we hear the expression, mind your own business. Mm-hmm. Uh, that is a biblical thought. In First uh, Thessalonians chapter 4, verse 11, that ye study to be quiet and to do your own business and to work work with your own hands as we commanded you. All right, now these were uh, people in Thessalonica. Uh, some of them had effectively put their work in cruise control because they were expecting for the Lord to come, or some have suggested they thought that the Lord had already returned. And so they were getting involved in other people's lives. And Paul said, no, 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 you study to be quiet. Do your own business. Mind your own business. Don't be meddlesome. In fact, if you go into uh, 2 Thessalonians chapter 3, he says, uh, For we hear that there are some which walk among you disorderly, working not at all, but are busybodies. And them that are such, we command and exhort uh, that with quietness they, they work and eat their own bread. Uh, these are ones who needed to be concerned about their own affairs, not the affairs of others. If you go into First Timothy, uh, First Timothy is a book of qualifications. You see the qualifications for elders, qualifications for deacons, qualifications for wives. In chapter four, uh, chapter five, rather, you have the qualifications for what I would call the widows indeed. And these are widows that have to be above the age of 60 and so forth. And part of the reason why that age was important is given by Paul because the younger widows, if they were in that position, would misuse that uh, being supported by the church, not having to work, not having to deal with their families and things of that nature. So he said, I will, therefore, the younger women marry. This is uh, 1 Timothy chapter 5, verse 5. Uh, bear children, guide the house, give none occasion. We'll talk about that in just a minute. But if you go back to the previous verse, the reason he would for that to be the case, because the other option was they learned to be idle, wandering about from house to house, and not only idle, but tattlers mm-hmm. and busybodies speaking things which they ought not. Unfortunately, there are some whose business is being in other people's business. Yeah. And it's like they they are the CEO of that business, too. <laughs> um, and so that's definitely something we have to be careful. There comes a point where Galatians 6.1 has to be, you know, acted out. And we see someone that's been overtaken in a fault. And those who are spiritual first consider themselves, making sure they won't fall into the same trespass. 
and then they go and restore such a one. That word restore there in the Greek is an idea of mending something that's been broken, a bone, a net. Those are the other two references that it's been utilized in the New Testament. And so there comes a point where that has to be enacted. There also comes a point where kind of what Jesus did when he was being tried, where he says, it's as you say. I, I mean, I, I'm not going to answer. I don't have to answer to this. I don't have to go and talk about it. I don't have to give you an answer. And someone might come to me and say, did you hear about such and such? Maybe I just need to say, I don't think I really have to talk about that. Right. You know, maybe we maybe we shouldn't talk about that. Um, and so there, there's definitely something that needs to be considered there. Let me give you this as a two-parter. All right. Is this still the second question? Yes. I've already forgotten. This is the second question. <laughs> I'm going to throw in the third, too. Okay. okay? When can we allow what others say to get to us the most? And how can we focus more on what God says instead of what others say? Okay. Uh, as far as allowing what others say to get to us most, we don't need to put ourselves in a position where someone has easy easy fuel, uh, easy uh, access to dirt or, or so forth. And that's difficult sometimes because we're humans and and, uh, we all at times will say things that we shouldn't have said or uh, perhaps do things that we shouldn't have done. And and sometimes those things uh, become known. Going back to verse 14 there in 1 Timothy chapter 5, we stopped that verse short. We said, give none occasion. We mentioned that we would get back to that. Give none occasion to the adversary to speak reproachfully. If we are doing what we ought to do, and we are not putting ourselves in a position where this one has from our actions, from our words and so forth, the very excuse he needs to be talking about Mm -hmm. us, then if we we haven't put ourselves in that position, we don't need to be concerned. Now, the second thought of that is we certainly need to be concerned about what God is thinking concerning us. And we went uh, in the last episode to the point that Jesus knew what others were thinking. Mm -hmm. Obviously, God knows what we are thinking. He knows what we are doing. He knows what we are saying. And our speech needs always to be um, graceful, uh, pleasant, seasoned with salt, uh, tasty, we might say, uh, we need to be concerned that we speak words and yeah. accept words that are godly and scriptural. And I think, too, we mentioned it last week about what others think. Ultimately, what God thinks about me trumps everyone else. Right. And ultimately, what God says to me and about me should trump everyone else too. And if I allow that to be my life, if I allow that to be how I approach life, when I hear somebody going after me and saying things, you know, okay, hey, I get it. I'm not always a likable guy. Uh, you know, that, that, that's fine. Um, but what does God say about me? Did I do anything wrong? You know, sometimes you've done nothing wrong, and yet someone's still going to come after you. Someone's still going to say something to you. Or about you. If you've done nothing wrong, the best piece of advice my dad gave me years ago was very simple. And before I give it to everybody, I want to ask you do you have anything you want to close the episode out with? Uh, yeah. Hit it. All right. 
First uh, Thessalonians two five, Paul said, "For neither at any time use we flattering words, as ye know, nor a cloak of covetousness." All right, people were saying that Paul had misused his authority. People were saying uh, that Paul was covetous and so forth. But Paul said, "God is witness." At the end of First Thessalonians two five, which goes to what you said, God God knows. But before Paul said. God is witness. Mm-hmm. Paul had better make sure he was right. You and I sometimes will hear people say, well, God is my judge. Right. Okay. Uh, that's, that's not a flippant thing. You better make sure you're right before you say, God is my judge. Uh, for us, yes, people will say things that are wrong about us, but sometimes they'll say something that's right about us. Mm-hmm. And at that point, we need to make sure that we are right before we answer back. God is witness. Yeah, and here's the advice. Worry about you. All all you can do in life, both from a Christian standpoint and even from just a worldly standpoint, is worry about you. Work out your own salvation. That's right. Work out what you've got going on, and if somebody has something negative to say about you— Man, let them be dumb. Let them not have the whole side. Let them not have the whole truth. God knows it. You know it. And the other piece of this that Dad didn't say but that is encompassing with this, when you worry about you and somebody comes after you and says, you know, this and this and this and this and that, you can basically sit there and say, it's unfortunate that he's talking bad about me, but I am confident in how the majority of everyone sees me that they're going to know that this isn't true. Yeah, I think that's the definition of blameless. Yes. When you talk about elders being blameless. Yes. And it, it, it doesn't mean that we're never going to have moments where things are going to be said, but it definitely means that when those things are said, we either correct them because they're true, or we let it like water on a duck's back go on down back into the river or the pond. Uh, Brother Dan, I look forward to next week. We're going to talk more about the MOST program. And check out the show notes for all the information on the Scatter the Broad Network, as well as Brother Cates' information. And next week, we'll be back to look at what others have. And we will see you then. But until then, please God now, so our eternity is far better. What's up, guys? It's Caleb and Michael over here from the Scattered Abroad Network, and we just wanted to say thanks so much for listening to this episode. Yeah, we're so thankful to the East Hill Church of Christ for overseeing this network, and we're grateful to God for this opportunity. And don't forget, you can check out our show notes below for all of our social media links, email address, website, and we have a monthly newsletter, so don't forget to sign up for that. Please remember to leave us a rating or a review on whatever platform it is that you use, And please continue to keep our network in your prayers. As always, thank you again so much for listening. Be ready tomorrow. We have brand new content coming out here on the SAN. Thanks so much, and God bless.